0: Let's pray. Our Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, for the message of this song. We desire to be drawn closer to you today. And we pray, Father, that you would take these few words that we have to share this morning from your word and that you would be our teacher, you would speak to us, you would challenge us to walk a closer walk with you. We thank you so much for loving us, for caring for us. We thank you so much for the beautiful, wonderful plan of salvation you've given us and you offer today. And I pray, Father, that you would just uh, speak to each one of us and draw us close to you. For we ask it in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Well, I bring you greetings once again from Phil and Elizabeth. We had the joy of talking to our one of our granddaughters just uh a few days ago, and it was it 's always a joy to hear them and to be with them, but I know that some of you may not know this. you had a part in uh, in providing a new laptop for uh, Phil. His old laptop uh, finally gave way, and uh, uh, your your local fellowship here was happy to send us a check for four hundred dollars, which we included with uh, other gifts and we were able to purchase that laptop. Uh, I so much appreciate. Uh, randy's input regarding laptops i was thinking of Adele, dell i was thinking of uh you know all kinds of them and he said no no the best one is ibm still and so you know i uh, who am i to argue with that and so we we went ahead and purchased it and philip received it about two weeks ago Adel and he's delighted with it and he says i'm i'm just i'm just beginning to learn it, it has a dvd writer in it and oh my goodness he's just ecstatic as a kid with a new toy, and that's great. Well, folks, this morning I want to look at uh, Luke chapter 9, but before I get there, I, I feel that we, we spend uh, several months away from each other, uh, and uh, I don't know how long it's been since you've been in Luke. Uh, I continue to share thoughts from the Gospel of Luke. I think there's so much to, to, to glean from there. Uh, but very quickly, you know, uh, Luke speaks to me with a, with a tremendous question, which is this. Is it religion or is it true Christianity? Is it religion or true Christianity? And I trust folks that will quit playing around and we will just get down to business this morning and realize that without Christ, we are totally and eternally lost. And I invite you to seriously consider where you're you're at this morning. Luke, a Gentile in an all-Jewish cast of New Testament writers, shows us how Jesus includes all those all those typically traded as outsiders by the religious establishment. All are welcome. As we read there, the key verse of Luke, uh, found in chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's our message this morning to you. He came to seek and to save you. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're a young boy or girl, whether you're a young lady, you're recently married... Uh, or growing older along with me, I tell you, the gospel is the same. The message is the same. He loves you. He died for you. And He wants to give you eternal, abundant life. And I trust you'll take full advantage of that. All are welcome. The Lord Jesus Christ, the compassionate Son of Man, came to live among sinners, to love them, to help them, and to die for their sins. And that's the message that we share with you this morning. Very quickly, uh, you know, a review of the first uh, eight chapters, just a a one-liner of each one. Chapter 1, a childless couple conceives. You remember Elizabeth and Zechariah, a son is born to them. His name is John, and he's the one who later on will announce to the world that the Savior has come. Uh, Six months later, after John is born, Mary receives word that she is to bear a son, and he's born, and his name is Jesus, Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And in chapter 2, we read that wonderful story. Christ is born. Chapter 3, John prepares a way for him. And John is later imprisoned for his open ministry. Jesus is baptized and begins his public ministry. Chapter 4, Jesus in the wilderness tempted by Satan. He's also rejected by his own hometown, Nazareth. They reject him. Having lived, having been brought up there. And yet they reject him. And it's so true, isn't it? So often... That the very town in which we live, the very city we come from, are, the, are the, the, the last ones to come, so to speak, or respond to the message. The first disciples are called by Jesus there in chapter 5. chapter 7 and 8, Jesus performs many miracles. Uh, and chapter 7, uh, you know, we ask the question, how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith in the Lord Jesus? And chapter 8, faith in a compassionate Savior. And we shared some thoughts along that the last time. And so we come to chapter 9 this morning. But you know, as I think of that, faith in a compassionate Savior, today life is changing. Life has changed for many. Life will never be the same for many. Uh, oh, I could stand here and, and, and take up the next 30 minutes talking about 9-11 of one. I don't want to do that. I just want to tell you that lives have been changed. And many have, been come, have come to Christ as a result of that. And we praise God for that. Many are asking questions. Almost a year has passed. And people are still asking, uh, how do you find God? How do you find God? Thank God for a, a Christian president. Uh, may I say that this morning without hurting anybody's feelings? A man who's committed to the principles of God. A man who has taken time to share his faith. And his concern and his compassion. Uh, You know, how do you find God? There's a deeper search for meaning in everyday life. And yet, as time goes by, I have to tell you, both politically, personally, and as a nation, many are just uh, forgetting. Forgetting what took place. It's become commonplace. And uh, that doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't wear a flag on your lapel. If you have one, God bless you. And I'm not... Promoting that in any way or, or demoting it. I'm just saying that it's so important we are united and united we stand and we need to stand united as a nation. And I praise God for our leadership who has stressed that so clearly. But you know, as I say, as, as time goes by, uh, are, we, are we still as determined to find God or not? I suggest to you that there are many, many, again, politically as well as personally who are kind of pushing that aside and forgetting that we were spared. Many of us were spared. And I'll never forget that day, and I know you won't either. But how I, I ask you this morning, how is it with you? How is it with you? Uh, we, we shared just very briefly at the, at the remembrance service this morning, but you know, the Lord Jesus established the, the Lord's table, the emblems, the remembrance service. Why? He wants us never to forget and I want to challenge your heart this morning, dear fellow believer. If you weren't here this morning, you missed an appointment with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I invite you, if you know Him as your Savior and as your Lord, to come on Sunday morning. Come at 10 o'clock and share in the blessing of remembering the, first, the one who first remembered you and me, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I invite you to do that. You're welcome at the Lord's table if you know Him as your Savior. And I speak openly about that. We're well, brethren in Christ. Amen. And you're welcome to come. And remember, don't stay home because you got a little one or you got whatever reason. Come and remember the Lord Jesus. You'll be blessed out of your socks. I'll tell you. Well, how is it today? How strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? I ask you. How is your daily walk with your Savior? How is it? Uh, oh, we, we, can, we can sit and, and we can, uh, you know, justify all of the reasons why we haven't walked with the Lord. All of the reasons why we've not had our quiet time with the Lord. All of the reasons why we're not here when, at each time the doors open. Uh, you know, but I just want to tell you that He's the same Savior. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise His name. And He invites you to come back to Him. Did you know He's in love with you? Did you know that He loves you? And He loved you so much that He died for you? He did. And and, and the invitation is yours this morning to come and trust Him. I wonder, how is your daily walk with your Savior? How is your daily walk? Is He your Savior and your Lord? We talk a lot and we hear a lot of people today talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But I'm asking you this morning the question, is He your Lord? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, that's an old one. I know that. But see, I was brought up that way. Not just your Savior, but He also wants to be your Lord. He wants to have full and total and absolute control of your life. And some of you young couples, you're just recently married. I can see it in your eyes. And you love Him every minute of it. I tell you, don't forget the Lord in your life. Don't forget Him as your little ones come and as they begin to grow. Remember, He's the one who blessed you with them. Honor Him in rearing Him in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And so in chapter 8, when we looked at faith and a compassionate Savior, we said, what is faith? What is faith? And we're reminded of the words from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, aren't we? For by grace are you saved through Faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith in a risen, glorified Savior. Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. I'm reminded in, of that account in John chapter 6. You know, many disciples, their early, the early followers that had been with the Lord Jesus, they said, well, you know, they deserted Him. They just they got weak need, and they, they walked away from Him. And the Lord Jesus turned to those walking closely with Him that day and He says, Are you two going to leave me? Are you going to leave me? And I love the words that we read there from Peter. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that You are the Holy One of God. Is that the cry of your heart this morning? Lord, to whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. Lord, I want to be with You. I want to be like You. I want to wait for that instant, that moment when You will call me into Your presence and I'll be with You and like You for all eternity. I don't want any surprises, Lord. I want to be walking in fellowship with You. Well, really, that's what it's all about in Luke chapter 9. They're lessons on faith for the believer. And I have about seven of them and I will hope to share them with you in the next few minutes. We're not going to spend a lot of time reading through the Scriptures. I invite you to read it and study it and meditate on it during the week. But there in Luke chapter 9, The first thing that happens is Jesus sends out the twelve disciples to preach and to heal the sick. Interesting. There's an emphasis here on service. On service. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So, verse 6, they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. What a story. What an account. What an experience. Service. Service to the King of Kings. Fully dependent on Him. Don't take anything with you. Just trust Me. And you know it's no different today. Oh, we come with our bags full of tricks, don't we? And we're just so ready to to do everything that we feel the Lord needs so much help from us. God forbid. He died alone upon the cross. He bore the penalty for your sins and mine alone upon the cross. But this morning He offers you eternal life, full and complete in Him. What a wonderful Savior we have to serve. Fully dependent on Him. And you know what? God is not so much concerned with my abilities. Listen to this. He's not so concerned with my abilities as He is my availability. My availability. Are you willing to serve Him? Are you willing to give your life to Him completely? Maybe you've been saved for for a long time. But you've just been riding the tide. And you've never really fully committed your life to Him. This morning, I invite you to just commit to Him and say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I want to be fully dependent upon you. Because everything else is of no value unless I'm trusting him and my focus is on him, first of all. And so the disciples went out. But I want to give you a second thought here. Not just emphasis on service, but I love it. Emphasis on fellowship with Christ. Emphasis on fellowship with Christ. He's there. He's waiting. He's anxious to walk with you, to talk with you. Look at verse 10. It says, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida, out by the sea, out by the lake, uh, just a wonderful spot. We, we kind of enjoy that ourselves up north. But you know what? It says they, they withdrew by themselves to a little town called Bethsaida, alone with the Savior. I love it both physical and spiritual, alone with Him. When was the last time, let me ask you, that you spent time alone with the Savior? Just you and He. Just sitting down in a select, quiet spot, just sharing your heart out with the Lord and trusting Him uh, to, to, to just bless you from His Word and to bless you in that effort that you are going forward for Him in. You see, the Lord Jesus in John 15 and verse 5, uh, it's a follow-on sort of to verse 13. You see, uh, it says here, let me just uh, interrupt myself for a moment, verse 11, it says, But the crowds learned about it and followed Him. They wouldn't leave them alone, even though they wanted to be alone. He welcomed them, and He spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. And late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, Lord, so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging. Because we're in a remote place here, Lord. Just send them away. We want to be alone with you. And the Lord Jesus said, "Uh, Listen, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And they answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fishes. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And you know the story. He sat them down. He blessed the loaves. He blessed the fish. And he fed the 5,000 people beyond, besides women and children. And they took up 12 baskets full. There was plenty for everyone. The Lord Jesus speaks to me, and I hope he speaks to you this morning, because there in John fifteen five, he says, without me you can do how much? Nothing. 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 You need me. That's why I died. That's why I gave my life for you. That's why I invite you to trust me. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your situation at home, on the job, in business, whatever it is. Trust me, for without me you can do nothing. But look, we have just read about it, and just talked about it. verses 14 to 17. With Him, everything, everything is available to us. It will simply trust Him. Little is much, little is much when God is in it. Emphasis on service. Emphasis on fellowship with Christ. All oh, these disciples, they, they knew uh, the Lord Jesus and so they wanted to be with Him and they wanted to spend time with Him. How is it with you? How is it? I mean, you know, it's so easy for me to say I, I, I'm so saved, I'm happy. Uh, I, I'm just glad I'm going to heaven because Christ died for me. But I'm not living for Him. The Lord Jesus says, I want you completely. I want you totally devoted to me. Fellowship, service, fellowship. But there's something else, and it just follows right along here. Verses 18 to 27, and that's called a personal relationship. It's not religion that we offer you, folks. It's a personal relationship. Dear fellow believer, how is your relationship with your Savior and your Lord? I know you, many of you know Him as Savior, but I ask you this morning, are you walking and talking with Him, even as we heard in song this morning? A personal relationship. Much more, of course, than just a casual acquaintance. I'm afraid that, that many of us are going to be gathered up. Should we be gathered today into the presence of the Lord, there'd be a lot of surprised looks on our faces. It ought not to be, dear fellow believer. It ought not to be. And He desires that we know Him more and more and more each day. Personal relationships. In verse Uh, 18 it says once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him he asked them listen to this who do the crowds say I am who do the crowds say I am and they replied some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and still others that one one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life interesting is that where it stopped no no. Lord Jesus said what about you and I ask you this morning, as I ask myself, what about you? What about this Savior? What, what do you have to say? What do you say? I am, he says. And Peter answered, and I love it even better than the, 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 the New International Version that I'm reading from, is the King James Version. Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that what He is to you this morning? Or is He just your Savior? Is He just one who has spared you from hell? Let's say it bluntly. No, He desires to fellowship with you. He desires your life. He wants you every moment of every day. Yes, in service, in fellowship, and in a personal relationship. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And there's a price, by the way. There's a price. Look at verse 22. Uh, Well, verse 21, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things not to be rejected uh, and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And you can imagine what was going through their hearts and, and minds as they heard this. And then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross once a month. No, daily, daily. And follow me. Follow me. Fall in love with Jesus is really what he's saying daily. Are you doing that? Do you have a desire to do that? Now is your opportunity. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, Jesus said. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the world, the whole world, and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. What a price to follow Jesus. It's not easy. I struggle with it. You know, I've been retired now since 1954, semi-retired. I've only been retired fully for about two years now. But you know... There are so many things to do. So many things to occupy your mind from the moment you wake up in the morning. I mean, i got more time now. I'm retired. The Lord says, I want you with me. I want, I want you to spend time with me and in my word. Let's get started together in the morning. And I've got to tell you something. When I get myself so busy or I start rushing that I can't sit down and spend time with the Lord, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in my day. I don't mind telling you that. And I miss it. How is it with you? How is it with you? Service? Yes. Be busy for the Lord, but not so busy that you miss your fellowship with Christ. Not so busy that you miss the enjoyment of a personal relationship with Him. But there's more, folks. Verse 28 of this same chapter, it says about days, eight days after Jesus said this, He took Peter, John, and James with him and went up into a mountain to pray. What a personal invitation. He says, come, come with me. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy and when they became fully awake they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. You know something, reading on there, just two two more verses. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good, it is good for us to be here. When's the last time, let me ask you, fellow believer, when you got into the Word and, and you really didn't want to leave it? You were having such a good time, you really didn't want to leave it. And grocery shopping could wait. And everything else could wait. You were enjoying your time with the Lord. Peter says, good old Peter, what a brother. It's good, it's good to be here, Lord. Do 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 you ever feel that in your heart? Oh, Lord, it's great, it's great to be with you. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. And while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them and they were uh, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Peter, John, and James with him, with him. Can I change them to Adol? Whatever your name is. With him? With him? Did you spend time with him this morning? Let me just kind of challenge you a little bit. Or do we get so busy? And I've been down that path, so I'm not exempt. The kids have got to be bathed. The kids have got to be dressed. We've got to get ready to go. That's why we don't go to to worship service. We don't go to communion, breaking bread, because we don't have time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Lord is there. And He wants to bless you. Peter, James, and John went up with Him. The living Christ... In prayer, fellowship with the Father. And it says that his face changed. His clothes became bright. Do you remember the experience of Peter and John? We read about it in Acts 4, verses 12 and 13, before the Sanhedrin. And Peter said, There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. And as he shared that, it says that they took notice. They took notice of these common everyday fishermen. What did they say? They've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. It's rubbing off. Is it rubbing off in your life and mine? So that others see Christ living in us? Have we been in service? Have we been in fellowship with Him? Have we had the personal relationship with Him such that having been in His presence others can see it? That we've been in His presence. They had been with Jesus. They saw His glory. Oh, what a natural response we have then in verse 33. And you begin to understand it perhaps a little bit more. When Peter says, Lord, (laughs) it's great to be with you. Let's not break this up. Let's Let's just establish ourselves here and stay together. But the Lord knew better. And God the Father answers and He says, Listen, this is my beloved Son. This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to Him when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. And the disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly, gladly, I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures, more of thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Is that the cry of your heart this morning? To know him more and more each day but there's a fifth emphasis and there's an emphasis on the fact that there's a ministry to be completed yet and the Lord spoke to Peter and to James and to John and to his disciples there's, the, the work is, not unfi- is still unfinished it's not completed yet I ask you how strong, is, how strong is your faith and we read there's a healing of a boy with an evil spirit how strong is your faith can God heal today can he heal today? Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought maybe I just had one guy listening to me. <laughs> of course he can. He is able. He is able. We used to sing that chorus, didn't we? I'm singing it a while. I wonder if it's because we're in the way that we don't see more healing. Because, you see, we're quite convinced that we need to show him how to heal. We need to show him how to do it. I mean, how could God know that? Of course He's able to heal. We need to trust Him day by day. My dear wife goes to Stanford, as you know, every six months or so, and and the doctor continues to say, we're amazed, we're amazed. Well, we're not. (laughs) There are many, many saints who are remembering her in prayer, and many of you here, and we appreciate that so much. God is able to heal. Uh, You know... I become very impatient sometimes and I, and I kind of say to the Lord, Lord, heal her and heal her today. So we don't have to go, keep going back there, Lord. It's, it's, extra, it's extra gas, extra time that we could be using to serve you elsewhere. The Lord says, no, I will take care of her in my time. And we're so thankful for that. Uh, you know, all things are possible through Christ. Verses 41 to 43 of this portion. And it says, uh, you know, uh, they they came and the Lord Jesus uh, challenged them. And verse 40, they said, "I, I, I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. And the Lord Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. And we know that he healed him immediately. And they were amazed at the greatness of God, verse 43. Uh, While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, He said to His disciples, Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. He warned them and He warned them. And He warns you today in the very same manner, Prepare to meet your God. Do you know Him as your Savior this morning? Not only that, are you serving Him today as your Savior and your Lord? All things are possible. His eyes were already looking toward Jerusalem. And yet He still cared. He still cared. And He cares today for you and for me. Emphasis number six is the human element. The human element of it all. Verses 46 46 to 50. And uh, it's interesting to me. It says, An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child, had him stand beside Him, and He said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in My name welcomes Me ever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all, he is the greatest. Folks, let's not get hung up on who's the chief bottle washer and the chief person in different assignments in the local church. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. He's called us together. He's blessed us in this fellowship. Let's praise Him for it. Amen. But what are you doing for Him? What are you doing for Him? Are you so busy that you're missing out in the blessing? of serving Him and honoring Him. Yes, He cared and He cares today. But look at the human elephant. Who, who, element. Who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? I've been reading off and on quite a bit from a man who uh, wow, what a life he lived. His name is J. Oswald Sanders. Some of you have that book. My utmost for his highest. And if you don't have it, you ought to have it. It's an excellent book. He's deep. He's deep. I don't mind telling you. But he and he causes you to think, and I'm not going to tell you that I stand up here and tell you that I that I completely support everything and every way that he teaches. But I can tell you that he's a godly man and left a godly heritage and a godly testimony. And J. Oswald Sanders, uh, Oswald Sanders left. I don't know if you know this or not, but he left England's shores and he went to Africa to serve the Lord. Left his wife, left a child, and went there. And he gave his life completely. And of course. That's, I'm sure, where the title comes, My Utmost for His Highest. He literally gave His life in serving the Lord. And the Lord knows all about your situation and your life and your family. And I'm not suggesting from up here that you leave your family and go uh, to the darkest spot of India and and proclaim the gospel there. The Lord knows about it. But I think think the thought at the very bottom of it all is, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I want to commit myself to you. And finally, we get to the ultimate price of following Christ. We've been talking a lot about service and fellowship and personal relationships and, and living in His presence day by day, a ministry to be completed. The human element, and, 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 and Satan would love for us to think we're so great and so big that, that we just have to let the Lord know about it. Well, He knows our lives. He knows our lives. And we get to the ultimate The final point, the ultimate price of following Christ. Look at verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what area the Lord has called you to. But he says, remember, remember, it's a total commitment. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, and here it is, here's the the second one, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. It's important, Lord. It's critical. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What is he saying? I want to be number one. In your life. No buts about it. I want you to commit fully. I know you have a family. I know you got a wife. I know you got children. I know you got a job. But how's your heart? How's your heart? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to follow you? And Lord, if you lead me to leave this church and go somewhere else, Lord, I'm willing to follow you. Not my gut feelings, but follow you and your leading. And the Lord will take care of it. And he may never leave you. I know he won't leave you. He may never move you from this local church. But I ask you this morning, how's your heart? How's your heart? Are you willing to do whatever he wants you to do in your life? You see, it's, it's the ultimate price of following Christ. It calls for a life of full surrender. Full surrender. Complete. Unconditionally. Full surrender. Lord, I'm willing to follow you. I ask you this morning as I ask myself what are your values? What are your goals? What's, is it popularity? Is it wealth? Is it materialism? As compared to losing your own soul. You see in verse that comes from basically from verse 25 and in verse 23 the Lord Jesus reminded his disciples you must deny self. What does this mean? It means a daily experience. A daily experience. A full surrender to him. Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go. Is Jesus your Savior? Is he also your Lord? Oh, faith calls for a life of full surrender. And we've shared some verses with you before, but you know what? The Lord Jesus knew what it meant to go to Calvary. It says he sweat as it were great drops of blood as he thought of what it meant. Talk about a life of full surrender. The Lord Jesus said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't know what's in your future, but God knows. And are you prepared to say to him this morning, Lord, not my will, but yours be done in my life? Turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. We read in Isaiah chapter 45. And again I remind you as we close this morning the words you heard sung so beautifully by Randy earlier. I regret the hours. Are you there? Think about it as I read them to you. I regret the hours I have wasted and the pleasures I have tasted that you were never in. And I confess that though your love is in me, Lord, it doesn't always win me, Lord, when competing with my sin. I lament the idols I've accepted, whatever they are, you know. The commandments I've rejected to pursue my selfish end. And I confess I need you to revive me, Lord. Put selfishness behind me, Lord, and take up my cross again. And I repent, making no excuses. None. We don't have any. I repent, no one else to blame. And I return to fall in love with Jesus. I bow down down on my knees and I repent. Are you prepared to do that this morning? I don't know where you're at. Maybe you you were saved a year or two or three years ago. And when you were freshly saved, or newly saved, you were just so excited to be saved, to know your sins forgiven. And you've just let sin seep in. You've let Satan have his way. And now you're just like everybody else. And I say to you this morning, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up repent making no excuses and come to the Savior and say Lord forgive me he's willing he's able he's longing to forgive you to cleanse you and to restore once again as the psalmist says restore to me the joy of your salvation I so long to know you and to serve you and to fellowship with you and I want to live for you from this moment on I don't know where you're at Maybe you've never been saved, and I invite you this morning to just come to the cross and trust in the One who's able to save you for time and for eternity. And so we're going to pray. We're going to sing just a verse, one verse of a of a hymn, All to Jesus I Surrender. And as we sing that, that verse, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and I'm going to ask you if you are really serious of doing business with God this morning, whether you're a Christian and you've been living just mediocre and you say from this moment on Lord I want to live for you I want to rededicate my life to you come won't you and we'll shake hands and I'll pray with you and you'll be on your way we're not going to keep you long if you don't know that the Lord has saved you come come today he invites you to come God is not willing that any should perish and I invite you this morning to do that will you do it as we sing this this chorus and we're going to pray will be done. But as we're singing, come on, if you'd like to talk or share together. All right? All to Jesus. hearts this morning. You know the desires of our hearts, and I pray that your Holy Spirit might continue to work in our lives. And Father, if we need to repent, if we need to come to you, I pray that today may be the day. And I pray, Father, if there be one who knows you're not a Savior today here, that you would give him or her the desire, the strength, the ability to just come down and trust you as a Savior today before it's forever too late. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for a Savior who not only Uh, lived for us, but he also died and he arose triumphant from the grave and this morning is seated at your right hand and is seating for us. Longs to bless us. Longs to save us. Longs to keep us every moment of every day. And so we we do trust you for it and thank you for our time together in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.